0: bumps. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh.
1: You're uh, so good. <laughs> Who knew Fury was such a cat lover? Right? Where'd that come from? Was a cat lover. <laughs> there are going to be spoilers on this show, as always.
2: What show is it?
1: I don't know. I feel like I used to have a pod here. It's coming back to me. He's remembering. Oh my god, I used to be a podcaster on a show called Screen Fix. What? This is Screen Fix. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC, with me as always, co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan, say hello to everyone.
2: Hello everyone.
1: And we have with us today, Mustachio. say hello.
0: Hey everybody.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) In case you didn't notice from the opening.
2: And like the episode name.
1: And the the episode (laughs) name that you clicked on. (laughs) You know, you could have been listening to one and you, you know, just went right into this one.
2: Yeah, you got to use that cue.
1: In case you have not figured it out, this week we will be fixing Captain Marvel.
2: Yeah. Woo! Ladies! Don't do that.
0: So, scrolls are the bad guys. And you're a Cree. A race of noble warriors.
2: Heroes. Noble warrior heroes.
0: Your life began the day it nearly ended. We found you.
1: With no memory,
0: we made you one of
2: us. So you could live longer, stronger, superior. You were reborn. I keep having these memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this.
1: You know how to fly this thing? We'll see. That's a yes or no question. Yes. Would you like to know
2: me you've come a long way but you're not as strong as you think this war is just the beginning i'm not gonna fight your war i'm gonna end it
1: aren't you the cutest little thing aren't you cute and what's your name huh i'll be back Okay, Captain Marvel. This is Marvel's
2: twenty-first,
1: twenty-first movie, and the first to star a female superhero lead character, and it's also the first one to be directed or co-directed by a female, Anna Boden, and it was co-directed with her husband Ryan Fleck. Uh, they were known mostly for indie films, in particular the film Half Nelson. And sugar,
2: oh
0: yeah, those goodies. Mississippi grind with Ben
1: Mendelsohn.
2: Mustachios has got the indie knowledge. Always, <laughs> hey, <laughs> always. I'm the host here. I love
1: I'm great. the host here. I like. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 so yeah, and it was written by Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleck, as well as Geneva Robertson dourette who wrote Tomb Raider, which we did fix. On this show as well Go check it out There's also an additional story credit to Nicole Perlman Who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy As well as Meg LaFarre Who was one of the screenwriters for Inside Out In this movie starring Brie Larson Samuel L. Jackson Ben Mendelsohn Jude Law Annette Bening Lashana Lynch Gemma Chan Clark Gregg Jaiman Hansu, So many Lee Pace The Pie Maker The Pie Maker
2: From Pushing Daisies
1: Oh okay The Pie Maker from Pushing Daisies, Mm -hmm. and many, many others. And this is based on not the older comics in which Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel appear, but the latest run.
0: Yeah, this is this is Kelly Sue DeConnick's version of like 2012 and after. So we don't have the hypersexualized Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, all that.
1: The actual character of Carol Danvers has gone through many different um, iterations throughout her history in Marvel Comics.
0: Before she was just Miss Marvel, she was binary Warbird. Then she was working for Shield, and so it's just, yeah, it, it speeds over a lot of generations of this type of character.
1: So they're giving him the good Captain Marvel. How are audience receiving this? Why don't you give us the fresh hot stats? Lady Wan, go.
2: This is challenging. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has had a trying experience. Really? The percentages have been all over the place. As of this recording, it's 80% fresh from critics.
0: Arsh.
2: It's 57% from audiences and it has been as low as 30 because before this movie came out, the site was targeted with a ton of negative reviews before people had actually seen it and they had to remove a bunch. They said it was a bug. They said it was a flaw in their system. But yeah, people bug. like firebombed the shit out of this movie on Rotten Tomatoes. They're a bunch of dicks.
1: So this all comes from an interview that Brie Larson had with Marie Claire. She said, quote, "...about a year ago, I started paying attention to what my press days looked like and the critics reviewing movies, and I noticed it appeared to be overwhelmingly white male." So I spoke to Dr. Stacy Smith at the USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, who put together a study to confirm that. Moving forward, I decided to make sure my press days were more inclusive. After speaking with you, the film critic, Valerie Complex, and a few other women of color, it sounded like across the board they weren't getting the same opportunities as others. When I talked to the facilities that weren't providing it, they all had different excuses. So basically, she was calling for expanded access to opportunities for women uh, and people of color uh-huh. in a space that's uh, normally dominated by white men so of course angry white males with nothing better to do took this as an insult and a slight Mm -hmm. and are negatively affecting the audience review
2: yeah so the audience score number is to be ignored and this is actually the only marvel movie that dips below 70 percent as an audience score it is the lowest by far it is the only one that is technically negative what the Hell. Yeah, it's a it's a real bummer because I uh, personally loved it.
0: Yeah, and it's so different. Like it tries so many new things.
2: But the critics percentage is probably more relevant. It is at eighty percent, and it's sitting at fourteenth in all of the MCU movies, right between Ant Man and Iron Man Three.
1: The critics like it. Most people like it, unless you're an old <laughs> men's rights curmudgeon. activist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just a douche. Aside from tomatoes, are people throwing down their cash on it.
2: Yeah, they are. So opening weekend is projected right now at 153 million in the US and another 455 million overseas, which is the seventh highest opening weekend for a Marvel movie right between Iron Man 3 and Guardians 2. And I was just looking over what that list is, that top seven. And outside of Iron Man 3 and Captain America Civil War, which I will argue all day is an Avengers movie, they're all straight up Avengers movies Mm -hmm. and Black Panther. And Iron Man 3 was was a year after Avengers. So everybody was just, like, desperate. So they all went to see Iron Man 3, even though it's not that great, guys. It's not that great. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, so it's um, doing really well, and they're actually, they did some polling, and it shows that the audience breakdown is 55% male and 45% female, which is the lowest gender split for an MCU movie, though it is tied with both Black Panther and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Those movies also treat their female characters like actual people, so hooray.
1: Not like an Iron Man 2.
2: Oh my god, Iron Man 2.
1: When Tony Stark turns to Pepper Potts, when he looks at Scarlett Johansson. Will that be all, Mr. Stark? Yes, no. that will be all, Miss Rushman, thank you very much. I want one. No. Ugh,
2: it's so gross.
1: Mm. Like, that stuff you say, like, in your head.
2: He's already a hero at this point!
1: And, like, you feel bad, kind of, for even thinking it, but.
2: Right? This isn't like <laughs> pre Iron Man Tony Stark is a bad person. This is Iron Man, this our hero. Man. <laughs> our hero said, I want one about a woman.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh God. Yeah. This is the guy who's rotting on a ship by himself close to Titan and we're
1: sad for him. We've come a long way.
2: He's on timeout.
1: He's definitely hitting on Nebula up there.
2: Yeah, I think she <laughs> left because she couldn't put up with his bullshit.
1: She bounced. <laughs> All right, Captain Marvel, um, I saw it first from row two and <laughs> st- staring up at it with my neck craned <laughs> eating overpriced burger sliders
0: <laughs> ew I was
1: just not in a good mood at all and I had a bad opinion of it uh, went back and saw it again IMAX from a good row right middle still can't 100% get behind it I think it's a decent movie uh, I definitely liked it much better the second time crowd loved it the second time I was in a theater with act- with, a- with with a lot of kids so it was interesting to get the kids reaction next to some kids and then two kind of raucous adult males next to me that
0: uh, (laughs) were enjoying
1: it as much as the kids which is interesting but how was Captain Marvel for you guys?
2: I saw it twice as well I knew I was gonna see it twice going into the weekend so the first time I saw it was Friday night I just kind of let let it all happen and then Saturday I went back kind of like with a more critical eye like ready to like get some fixes and really take it all in plus it was fun to like anticipate the audience reactions both times were IMAX both times were packed house and tons of audience reactions which was really fun unfortunately though both times there was a guy next to me talking throughout the movie telling the girl he was with various plot points that we can all see dude we're all here (laughs) watching this movie why don't you (laughs) shut up
1: don't be that guy don't be like yeah the whole crowd doesn't need to be nerds nerdsplained too, buddy. I'm
2: so, so stupid.
1: I feel like that guy's not just talking to whoever's next to him, trying to let everyone around him hear so they can hear just how smart he is.
2: Yeah. And he doesn't realize that what everyone around him is realizing is like what a douchebag he is, not <laughs> yeah. how smart he is. Yeah. Saturday night the guy next to me was even wrong about some stuff and I just wanted to look over and be like no that's not right pay attention (laughs) like but again I, I I will not talk during a movie if you try and ask me a question during the movie I will just go I'll tell you later and I will not answer it it doesn't matter what it is I will not talk during a movie right it makes me so angry
0: I go into like weird like invisible cloak mode Mm -hmm. If someone like that I'm with is trying to ask me, I'm like, yeah, it's uh -uh. like, wait, you you can't
2: Uh -uh. talk to me now. Don't you see I'm in a theater?
0: Yeah, for me, mine, it was a great viewing experience. I I really liked it. I, I was actually sitting next to some young people that didn't really get some of the jokes for the '90s being like the loading speed oh, and the right. internet cafe, where she's just kind of punching away a computer. I, I remember feeling like they have no idea what we're looking at.
2: Did everyone at at your guys' theater? Did everyone applaud during the opening credits, where it's just like a montage of Stanley cameos? Did everyone clap yeah, for that?
1: A lot of people clapped when the words came up that said "Thank you, Stan." Thank you, Stan.
2: Missing a comma.
1: <laughs>
0: it was missing a comma. <laughs> thank, it's you, to
1: be thank you, Stan.
2: Thank you, comma, Stan.
0: Yeah, punctuation. Come on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there was clapping for that and that was very, very sweet. And his cameo was amazing when he's on the bus reading the Mallrats script.
0: I watched
2: Mallrats last night because of it. So good. I had to.
1: Just a big smile of That was definitely one of the best Stanley cameos I had seen. And I I read that Kevin Smith like Mm -hmm. became a blubbering, crying fool during that part, so that was also sweet. So Yeah. Okay, before we get into this movie, let's go ahead and really quick rundown plot summary. This quick and dirty plot, quick and dirty, gross. <laughs> you can't con- see that. Considering <laughs> no. where this is coming from, <laughs> what? our plot summary comes from movie Pooper, and it's the quick and dirty version.
2: It's quick and clean.
1: <laughs> gross. Okay. All right, here we go. Carol Danvers is a former Air Force pilot who now has otherworldly powers and works with the Kree Star Force on the planet Hala, and she has little memories of her past. She and her comrades are tasked with fighting the shape-shifting aliens known as Skrulls. During a mission, Carol escapes from the Skrulls and lands on Earth, where she is found by Nick Fury. With his help, she goes on a mission to find out about her past. Meanwhile, the Skrulls and their leader, Talos, arrive on Earth to find Carol. Carol's ordeal started when her superior, Dr. Wendy Lawson, took... Her on a mission to deliver an energy core to the Skrulls, as they are not villains but alien refugees seeking a new home. Star Forces commander Jan Rogg found Lawson, who was really a Kree renegade named Marvell, and he killed her before going after the core. But Carol shot at it and absorbed its power before Jan Rogg took her in to use as a weapon. After finding her old best friend Maria Rambo, Carol is encouraged to help Talos and the Skrulls. Carol, Fury, Talos, and Maria find Marvell's laboratory, which contains the Tesseract, which is the Energy Core's source. There, Talos reunites with his family as well. Starforce shows up and captures Carol, but she overpowers them and helps her friends escape while fighting her former allies. They are nearly taken out by Ronan the Accuser and his goons but Carol obliterates most of the Kree before they can do any further harm. yon Rog goes after her, but she quickly defeats him and sends him back to Hala with a warning to the other Kree. Carol takes it upon herself to help the Skrulls find a new home, but not before leaving Fury, who loses his left eye to Goose the Cat, who's really <laughs> an alien. <laughs> He's an alien called a Flurgan, and... But basically in the Captain Marvel comics, uh, Captain Marvel has this cat on her ship or something. And Chewie in the comics, Goose, lays like a hundred or so eggs in Captain Marvel's ship. So she's like, I need to take this thing to to the doctor. So she takes the cat to this Dr. Mohan. And this guy explains to her that flurgens have access to these things called pocket dimensions. It's, he's got, like, all these little <laughs> dim- dimensions inside of his own body. Ew. And that's, that's why he can, like, <laughs> swallow people and swallow all these things. <laughs> and, like, those tentacles that come out are, like, something he uses that's from another dimension that pulls it's it's crazy so it's wild it, yes it reminded
0: so. me of star lord's quote and he's like have you ever seen an oscar Varian? they have like tentacles for teeth <laughs> it reminded me of that what a nerdy joke i
1: love it right <laughs> <What a nerdy> <laughs> jo- <laughs> <laughs> so goose the cat has the tesseract inside and carol also gives fury a pager fury then decides to start the avengers initiative after seeing that carol's call sign in the air force was avenger
0: yeah And there's
1: two post-credit scenes in the first one uh, is the Avengers. The remaining Avengers are there in the Avengers facility and pager is in there and the pager stops blinking. And they're like, what is this? What is this? Oh, my gosh. I want to know what's on the other side of that pager. And boop, Carol's there. And she says, (laughs) where's Fury? And then the second one is just Goose the Cat hacking up the Tesseract on Nick Fury's desk. And that's it. That is Captain Marvel. Let's go ahead and move on. Before we just start fixing this thing, a lot of people work on a movie, especially these crazy Marvel movies. Thousands of people spend thousands of hours Mm -hmm. working on these movies. We're not here to poo poo on it. Mm -mm. What is something that you liked about this movie, Lady One?
2: I liked a lot of things about this movie.
1: Well, what's one thing you liked about this movie, Lady (laughs) One?
2: Let's see. So I'm going to say one thing that I really enjoyed about this movie was Samuel L. Jackson's ability to be a character that we have known for 10 years, but be a completely lighter version of himself. Through the whole movie, not in a flashback scene, literally the whole movie, he's like younger and more relaxed and just, he hasn't seen the world almost end (laughs) like 10 times yet. He's
1: being like younger, like non-jaded Nick Fury.
2: Right. He has not seen some shit just yeah.
1: yet. He's not hes not over at all.
2: <laughs> it was a really impressive performance when you look at it through that lens that he still has to be Fury, but he has to be like a less terrifying, angry Fury. It was really impressive. I, I thought he did a fantastic job and I was not at all distracted by whatever they did to his face.
1: Since you love <laughs> this movie so much, lay another one on us. <laughs>
2: I also really loved the end of the movie. Basically, I spent the last third of the movie with just like tears welling up in my eyes and then dripping down, not crying not crying okay like my shoulders didn't shake i didn't sniffle i could (laughs) breathe fine but like just tears welling up and then slowly dripping down but uh that moment at the end where she basically just threatens the accusers of like okay you need to leave now otherwise i'm gonna blow you up and they say that they'll be back but for the woman not the weapon i was like she is so much more badass than anything else we've seen so far and just made me so happy that like her threat was recognized the threat of her is enough she doesn't have to destroy all of their ships. She just is gonna tell them to leave otherwise they're gonna get it. Yeah. I love that part. Right, oh. The woman.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: That- <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That reminds you of the hobbit when Gandalf says to Bilbo, True courage is about knowing not when to take a life, but when to spare one. Oh. It's so good, Mustachio. Wait, do you want one more, Lady One?
2: Oh, I could go on forever.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> right, Mustachio. What's something you liked about this movie?
0: Oh, I love so much about this movie.
1: You're like giddy right now. What are yeah, you doing, Brie, Brie Larson? You're like brought it. You're you're making me goofy smile because you're goofy smiling across from me, and I don't, <laughs> no. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah,
2: no, it's good. There's good vibes right now. I'm right. loving yeah.
1: it. God,
0: <laughs> that movie, is so, good. So, that movie good. Is so good. It's so good. Oh. All right, so I also loved, like, the half-glass-full Samuel L. Jackson. Like, he was so good, so good. And well, I didn't cry. Like, I think I'm saving my tears for game. Like, oh. it's just all it's all going to come out. But no, like, there's so much, like, in this movie. Like, military women, like, this is fucking great. Like, finally, you know, like, these clear characters of intelligence and, and um, courage and, and positions of power and the knowledge of, like, the position that they're in, the times that they're in. I loved, I love this.
2: Love it. Love so many things about
1: this movie. Right? I liked Maria Rambo, played by um, LaShawna Lynch, so much that I wanted mm-hmm. her to be in this movie so much more. And uh-huh. her performance was definitely the emotional anchor of this yep. of this movie. She was fantastic.
2: Yeah. She was great.
1: And her daughter. They were just yeah. they were, they were great. Loved, Monica, loved them. Monica Rambo, movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Monica was fantastic.
1: And I definitely was enjoying the 90s soundtrack that was going on during this mm-hmm. thing. That was... Songs remind me of driving to high school. Er? <laughs> this movie takes place in ninety
2: five, correct? Yes, correct.
1: I was still riding the bus then. It would have been dead in the middle of high school. I would have had my uh, disc man, and it would have been. I would have been pushing bass boost, and it would have had my like uh, electronic shock. What was that ESB thing too? The <laughs> you know, shock absorb. You know what I mean? Didn't yeah. they have that thing? Like they were marketing that with now with they shock improved. absorption? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had my state-of-the-art disc man with shock absorption and. So you base could base. jog with it. Now that all the niceties are out of the way, and we're not mean about our fixes, right? We're here to be constructive. No, never. We love movies. We liked this movie.
2: I love this movie.
1: Yes, <laughs> but you know what we do here? Watch movies
2: and we fix them.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Are you guys ready to fix Captain Marvel? What do you think? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do this. Are y'all ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Lady Wan, lay on us your first Captain Marvel fix.
2: All right, we just talked about the soundtrack to this movie. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It is stellar. Yeah.
2: However, I have a slight problem. What? I do. The second time that Carol is meeting with the Supreme Intelligence, Yeah. we get it queued up and Nirvana's oh. Come As You Are starts playing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's not just for the audience. We see the record is playing. Annette Benning is awkwardly dancing to it, calling out that she's enjoying the music as a touch to the experience.
1: And it's on vinyl, like yeah, right? vinyl. Like this is yeah. like the era of compact disc. Why is yeah. this on vinyl?
2: So I get the choice. It's 1995. I get it. But but Carol has been gone since 1989. Yeah. Carol was karaokeing ing Lita Ford. She was going to Guns N' Roses concerts. Mm-hmm. She might be yep. dressed like, as Fury says, someone's disaffected niece, but she is an <laughs> 80s lady. She is not a 90s grunge girl. She doesn't know this song. She's been on Earth for like two days, and I'm pretty sure Nirvana is like not in Fury's tape deck. He didn't <laughs> have that in his Impala. Like, he's not ready to like... Play some grunge for her.
1: If she was taken in 89, that Nirvana album that has come as you are did not come out till 91. She would not even know that song.
2: Nope. She's never heard it as far as we've seen. And this is supposed to be a pivotal moment. She is in control of the audio and visual experience of the meeting with the Supreme Intelligence. And that's what we're getting. So in order to keep this song, we need her to know it and we need to see that experience happen. So I think how I can fix this is when she shows up to the bar earlier in the movie that she has looked up on Alta Vista. During her ride to the bar, we get garbage playing. And then she walks into the bar and the same garbage song is playing. I feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity right in that moment that Jukebox can be playing Come As You Are. And that's when she walks into the bar that she has spent so much time in and she's watching memories of her life on earth playing the arcade game sitting at the booth singing karaoke she's seeing her memories in flashes and the song should be playing then
0: yeah,
2: because that's when she was carol not veers not a cree not anything else that's when she was carol and so for her meeting with the supreme intelligence we can call back that song but it should be playing on the jukebox from the bar not a random turntable
0: lady one i really like what you're saying here because that song kind of represents how on the jukebox things have changed since mm-hmm. she's been here last yeah things are still going on without her right but yet she feels like missing like a part of it but this is like a connection with the times that are now and that song represents now
1: yeah it, it also like represents her figuring out who she really is yep awesome that's so good she needed that connection you're exactly spot on and it would not be on vinyl Fuck, what the hell? Come
2: on. Maybe a tape.
1: (laughs) It should have been on a disc man with the shock absorption (laughs) and the bass boost. (laughs) Yeah. At least like an old like Sony, you know,
0: receiver or something with those big knobs, you know, for (laughs) big knobs, I think you're I
2: know, I I just laughed at that phrase. (laughs) I'm (laughs) twelve.
1: All right, Mustachio, I know you got a fix for us. Lay on us your first fix.
0: I I needed something better, you know... Like with the scrolls,
1: were they too uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation for you?
0: Right, I know that with with the scrolls, they they kind of want to uh, do something different. They're supposed to be like really dark green. I wanted them to be more scroll like. So in this one, when I see the scroll characters coming up out of the water, they look very Borg in color. So it looks kind of Star Trekky. Like in the comic books, they're wearing purple suits. They are bright green. They have <clears throat> it looks very Goblin esque, and and they got. Some of that goblin features, like the little science
1: guy that they make fun of.
2: Oh, I love the science guy!
1: First of all, some sometimes the funniest stuff in movies is our situations with no words. Yes. And when they just pointed at him, like, (laughs) like you couldn't do that, science guy, and he just very silently, like, kind of concedes. Shrug, head tilt. (laughs) That was like the funniest. I laughed the most at that. It was so (laughs) funny. So, yeah, I just needed them to be greener. Their
0: wardrobe could have been more purple. It would have popped like it does in the comics.
1: All right, more green, more purple, more Goblin-y. Mm-hmm. And you thought that would have served the story better. Yeah. Not that thing we got.
0: Not that weird, like, Borg queen kissing Data looking color. To them. <laughs> that is To bring it weird. Star Trek
1: full circle.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, Mustachio, you sorry. are killing the nerd references today.
1: <laughs> sorry. you're not a a super nerd listeners you're listening to the wrong thing
0: yeah you're doing the wrong thing
1: if you had a prom date you're listening to the wrong thing
2: (laughs) oh oh good i'm in the right place (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes
1: (laughs) come on guys we don't need this prom let's go to my house let's put on pajamas and make pizza rolls and then let's make Vodka, Mountain Zoo, Code Red, and then let's watch the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, extended editions.
0: (laughs) It's like you just, like, took my scroll form.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anybody want to know what my first fix is? Ooh, do you have a fix? I want to hear it. The cree are all about controlling her emotions, right? Because mm-hmm. she's got these fire sticks on her fists. And they're constantly telling her, control your emotions. They even make a comment about how humor is bad. I remember he said that when they were fighting. Yeah. Everything is about controlling her emotions. And the Kree, they grabbed her from scratch. She had no idea who she was. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're even like kind of placebo controlling her through the neck chip. I mean, they had carte blanche to turn her into an emotionless fighting machine for the Kree. Yeah. yeah. Yet when the movie starts, she's jokey, quippy, sarcastic, right out of the gate. The way I would have changed this is I would have had her be stoic from the beginning because the Cree have made her this way. So when she lands on Earth, maybe her stoicness is actually a fun interplay with her and Sam Jackson's laid back, now not jaded attitude. Uh, Nick Fury you know they start to break down some barriers there and only after she realizes that she is a human being and she meets up with Maria Rambo and her daughter does she finally begin to let Carol come out I even want a scene maybe where where Maria Rambo's daughter Monica even gets gets mad at her I used to love you. I used to call you auntie just like mad at her for Remember? Yeah, remember, yeah. you know, just yeah. getting angry, throwing something at her, something storming off and Carol is is shocked by this and now she wants to remember through this interaction with Maria and the daughter, she starts to regain her human self and her human personality and that sense of sarcasm and that cheekiness that she was displaying throughout the whole movie, but I think that that sarcasm and that cheekiness and that humor should come later when she's letting the human come out when she's like realizing that that the Kree have made her into this emotionless machine that that she is Mm -hmm. I think that it would have given her more of a character arc I mean throughout the movie she's basically the same person just with like a memory issue yeah I thought that that would have been a good fix for her character
0: that's good that's good
1: thanks mustachio if only we could get you to control your emotions right
2: I just need to find out if there's a prescription for one of those Cree chips because I would like to like dial down my emotions a little bit too. I don't know if it's covered by my HSA. Your HSA.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> got a question, Lady One. Do you do you have another fix for us? I do. Lay it on us.
2: So we know that Yon Rog and Minerva know about the crash what happened to Carol that she was part of a yeah. marvelous explosion mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it marvelous they saw that happen yon takes her back because he knows that she's valuable she's got the core energy within her they need her they're gonna make her a weapon they're gonna use her as part of the Kree Star Force but like does everyone on the Kree Star Force know about what happened? It's really not clear to me. Mm-hmm. And when they have their battle in Marvel's lab at the end, she is fighting against every member of the Kree Star Force, every member that she has been serving with ostensibly for the last six years, as far as we know. Yeah. So I would have liked it to be more clear who on the Star Force knows what happened and who maybe is not aware of her backstory. Yeah. When she meets with the Supreme Leader that second time, they're watching her as she's like tied up in, you know, whatever, like liquidy snakes, whatever that stuff is that they use. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but they're watching her as she's having her confrontation with the Supreme Intelligence and she's about to bust out of that. That stuff, And I would have liked if the rest of the members of Star Force don't know about where Veers came from and what happened and what Marvel was trying to do. And they can find out through this interaction that she's having with the Supreme Intelligence. And maybe one of the members of the Star Force is on her side. That they realize mm-hmm. this war isn't right. We're on the wrong side of it. I'm with her and, and I want to fight against you guys. And immediately they can be dispatched by our Star Force. Take them out right away. Because if you're not with the Kree, mm. you're against them. And they are ruthless. Yeah. Showing
1: their ruthlessness nice. even to their own kind. To
2: their own member. So I feel like that would make that fight seem more dramatic instead of it being like her against the rest of the... Is it five? Are there five of them?
0: Mm-hmm. I think. Beard, um, Blue. <laughs>
2: beard, Blue, Jai'em hansu Minerva, and, and... Jubal. Okay. There's five of them. <laughs> Those are <Yeah>. their names.
1: <laughs> beard. I like Beard.
2: <laughs> so I am on Blue... To uh, to be on her side, I liked him.
1: Why is Jan Rog the only one not blue?
2: I don't know, cause Annette Bening's not blue either.
1: Is is it because Jude Law's just too damn handsome to make blue? Ugh,
2: they just gave him crazy contacts.
1: They did. They just gave him crazy yellow contacts. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that would have made that, that fight more dramatic if they, like, take out a member of the Star Force immediately. Like, no, you can't be on that side. And then that battle, the stakes are a little bit higher. She's watched them kill one of their own. They're after her. And that would make that fight a little bit more dramatic.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like, how much does that crew know about the scroll invasion? Or... Right?
1: Are they also brainwashed and lied to?
2: Yeah, I want to know more about the Star
1: Force. That's good. It makes the Kree treachery and lies run deep. <laughs>
2: Pistachio, what's your second fix?
0: I gotta I got know about Ben Mendelssohn's captain character. Talos. No, the captain, the shield guy. Who is this captain character? Where is the body if he's dead? Should we care about him? That was not clear cut. Yeah. yeah. Is Nick Fury worried about him I know. at all? Uh,
1: you never see yeah. the moment where the scroll takes over for the boss.
0: In the archives, that's like a bad dream. Your boss kicking your ass? <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> i had to wait isn't like, your boss your dad yes i i work <laughs> in a family business There's
1: a lot of layers to this one i am one. not
0: talking about me i am i am generalizing for the american public
1: would you like to lay down on the studio couch <laughs> <No>. here <laughs>
0: no. okay so i'm just generalizing
1: for <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. (laughs) Yeah, so we never see this boss character at all. Keller. We never see Keller at all. So how would you fix that mustachio?
0: I I want there to be a scene where... Oh, he's tied up and he's safe somewhere, kind of like
1: in a comic book. I would have loved to have seen a scene where Ben Mendelsohn gets to act opposite of himself, where Ooh. he's both the scroll version of himself and himself. Yeah. And maybe later it would have been awesome to have him as a character along on the the adventure too, or involved in some way where Ben Mendelsohn gets to look and be Ben Mendelsohn, but not the scroll version, but the real version. It's like the Marvel version of adaptation. <laughs> (laughs) any opportunity to see ben mendelson as a good guy is a good thing because ben Mendelssohn only plays
2: he's just always like a mid-level bad guy in a suit answering to somebody else
1: He is Hollywood's go to asshole suited bad guy.
2: Right? We definitely need this scene because otherwise, as soon as I saw him step up to the blockbuster, I was like, Bad guy. That's Ben (laughs) Mendelssohn. He's always a bad guy. So I assumed that Captain was a bad guy even before I knew he was a scroll. I was like, I don't trust him because that's Ben (laughs) Mendelssohn. We need to know that that guy was a good guy.
0: We need to know. It's not clear. It's not clear cut.
2: Ben Mendelssohn cannot be trusted.
0: J.C., you got a, you got another fix for us? You know I do. You better.
1: So this might change the whole movie, but... No, the whole movie? A bit, yes. I usually want to steer clear of tropes, but in this case, I wanted the movie to follow a trope, but do it well. I wanted to skip all of the space action that happened in the very beginning of this movie, and I wanted the movie to start with her falling into the blockbuster. Ooh and not knowing who she is and her having complete amnesia. So I want it to be a story about her not knowing who to trust at all, right? And trying to figure out who she is and learn who she is and meanwhile she's being pursued by scrolls, the cree shield surfer killers, <laughs> surfer killer scrolls, which by the way was my favorite thing when those scrolls became the surfer dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I was like, okay, this is really fun. You were on board? I was like, okay, this is this is really, really fun. <laughs> I would have liked a real amnesia story. Okay. And she doesn't know who to trust. She's being tracked by all these people. And in the end, actually, the person who gets to her is none other than Maria Rambo, who recognizes her from like a news story, or maybe she's even now working for law enforcement as like a helicopter pilot for some reason she's able to recognize that this is the person that she knows at the end of like act one it's maria rambo that is the one who wins this race to get to her Mm -hmm. act two is her with maria rambo and the daughter realizing who she is act three is all of the space stuff and the the whole climax between all of the different forces that are working uh with her and against her i would have loved scenes where she does not know who she is But she's being treated like, quote unquote, little lady in either a bar or who knows. There's these kind of like amnesia, super powered person stories, kind of like Universal Soldier. There's so much that you you can do with somebody who doesn't know who they are, is super powered and people Mm -hmm. misunderstanding them as like a freak. Yeah. In this story, we knew too much already. We knew she was a member of Star Force. We knew she didn't know who she was. When she landed to Earth, it was probably going to be a bit. Oh, okay, she's gonna. She's probably going to be from here. Also, if you watch Marvel movies and you watch Marvel TV shows, you already know the Kree are bad. So there's just like there's a lot we already know, and that is my second fix. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I guess without further ado, we should consider this movie screen, screen fix. do you have any final thought lady one do you have any final thought can i have two you may
2: okay i thought of this one during during your last fix i love the line so much when fury is talking to to her for the first time when he's like i want to give you the 411 on the late night drop-off box
1: yes yeah that's good (laughs) is it just me or did no one in your crowd react to that
2: Yeah, I think that's why I missed it the first time. The second time I was kicking my feet, I was laughing so hard.
1: Yeah, nobody in my audience either reacted to that.
2: That was hilarious.
1: Because I know all about the late night (laughs) Dropbox. I also know that when you go into Blockbuster and the movie that you want is not on the shelf, Mm -hmm. you can go up to the counter and be like, hey, did anybody drop this off? Please check the drop-off box. And if it's Mm -hmm. in there, bam.
2: All right, my, my second... Final thought. I stole this from a little girl. What? (laughs) There's a little girl sitting in front of me in the theater. After the whole thing finished post credit all the way done lights are up everyone's leaving this little girl she was probably like nine or ten years old she gets up she's sitting in the row in front of me and she turns to her dad and she goes what if it had just been a hairball at the end i love this
0: little <laughs> screaming child yes
2: proposing that we all sit there millions of people around the world are all just going to sit there and we're going to watch a cat hawk up a hairball instead Amazing. of it actually being the tesseract oh
1: man. like that how
2: funny would that have been I love it. It made me think of the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming post credit scene with Captain America, talking about patience.
1: Hi, I'm Captain America. Here to talk to you about one of the most valuable traits a soldier or student can have. Patience. Sometimes patience is the key to victory. Sometimes it leads to very little, and it seems like it's not worth it. And you wonder why you waited so long for something so disappointing. How many more of these?
2: I thought it would have been a nice, hilarious twist with the post credit scene. And I appreciated hearing future screen fixers.
1: It would have been just as (laughs) good. (laughs) just Right? (laughs) Mustachio, do you got a final thought?
0: All right. So the Samuel L. Jackson bailing on the car with the bloody body in it had just shades of Pulp Fiction written all over it. He had to throw a blanket over his newly changed Clark Gregg partner. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of like a Tarantino immediately. But
1: they should have had him talk about scraping up bits of scroll. That would have been a hilarious pulp fiction <laughs> reference.
2: It's awesome. Any final thought, JC?
1: Okay, remember, you guys love this movie. I thought it was okay.
2: I love this movie.
1: <laughs> Some of my my problems with it are is like Top Gun. They're all shirtless, broy douchebags. Right, and they say stuff like, I got the need, the need for speed. And they say cheesy, stupid lines because they're douchey bros, right? Uh-huh. Affirmative. I was cringing at the douchey bro lines that were in this movie. No. Yes. So stuff like, Don't. where's your head? In the clouds, higher, further, faster, baby, click. I'm like, oh my God, they've turned them into Top Gun douche bros
2: (laughs) i loved it
0: where's your head at in the clouds where's yours on my shoulders about to show these boys how we do it you ready higher
2: further faster baby that's right
1: (laughs) they've made them into late 80s bros
2: i mean it was 1989
0: well i mean is it are they trying to say that fighter pilots have like a like a, a, code a, of a code
1: of bro speak, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Lady One, why don't you send us home?
2: If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at ScreenFixPod, and you can search for the show on Facebook for ScreenFix Podcasts. You can listen on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Libsyn, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and subscribe and maybe tell a friend about it.
1: We also have a Patreon account where you can donate to the show. We've got different tiers. Check them out. We have dreams of opening a one-screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and film festivals and marathons and all kinds of great stuff like that. All right, let's leave him with a recreation of a scene in the movie. You start us out, Mustachio Go.
0: And you say something like that again, and I'll put my foot where it doesn't belong. Am am I supposed to know where that is? Your ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye everybody.
1: Bye. Bye. Everybody.
2: the punisher on prom night i did (laughs) (laughs) i I fucking saw the punisher on prom night and then i went to walmart afterwards and bought chips
1: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i just found the stinger for this episode